Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. So uh, in today's show, guys, Marshall and I have been talking off camera for about 30 minutes now, and um, I still did not write down an introduction for him. Uh, Marshall, would you please introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Marshall, live. And uh, first off, Sam, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on the podcast, the Small <laughs> Business Surgeon. Uh, you're, you're the man, dude. It's, uh, it's a silly that I get to do this for a living. Uh, I was a career bartender. I'm a five-time college dropout, and uh, I battled addiction and attempted suicide in my past. And for the last eight years, I've been able to turn that mess into a message, and I've been able to go out empire, 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 inspire and encourage the world and uh, help other business leaders learn how to not just focus on making money, because there comes a point, Sam, when everybody makes enough money, but then they take a look around and they're like, what is the meaning and purpose in what I've created? And it's in that point that I usually find people and uh, I helped him take that message and turn it into and uh, monetize it and turn it into a brand. And uh, that's what we're doing here today. And that's a little bit about my story. But uh, yeah, you know, dude, just the like, typical rags the riches. Well, it's it's different, you know, because when I interview my buddies, um, I like to let the conversation flow a little bit better. You know, when I'm yeah. interviewing people I haven't met, I uh, I tend to bullet point questions and stuff. But you're yeah. you're this little bouncing around ball of energy. Um, <laughs> you and and. Most of the most of the the listeners here are on audio, so you're not going to see his uh, his very very interesting haircut or his face tattoos or anything. You, cer- you certainly don't look um, like the 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 guy that's the the top sp- paid speaker coach. But you have built a massive massive business and a highly effective business going around training people to share what you said earlier their mess as their message and how they've turned mm-hmm. their lives around. Dude, what is that like to do as a job? Dude, it's the silliest job in the entire world, bro. Like, I love that you say that. My fiance says that I I dress um, to get a to get a reaction from people, which I don't think I do at all. <laughs> but um, like during this interview, the viewers can't see, but I'm in a I, pair of shorts. I got flip flops on. I got my hand, hair up in a man dude. bun, and I do have a tattoo on my face. And it's like, um, you know, when the thing, Sam, is I was never built, and I know that a lot of your listeners and you will agree with this too. But I was never built to be an employee. Right, but growing, right. Grow, growing up where I did in the Midwest on a farm in a blue collar, Illinois, like you weren't taught you could be whatever you wanted to be. And so the beginning of my life was this power struggle of like, I wanted more freedom. I wanted more autonomy. I wanted more money. I didn't know what any of those words meant at the time, but I was stuck working these dead end temporary jobs, 10 bucks an hour. And the thing for me, Sam, and I'm sure you'll agree if you were ever, if you've ever been an employee. I never thought that I knew how to do my job better than my managers or better than the people who are training me. But every time <laughs> I was in a job, I would just see a more efficient way to do it. Yeah. And I always, I always say like, I'm the, I'm the laziest, like high achieving person in the world because it's, I don't really want to work that hard, which is why I work so hard. And so in these employee jobs, I would find these, I would find these inefficiencies and I'd be like, why don't we just do it like this? And it would always get me in trouble. Mm-hmm. The manager would always think I was gunning for their job. Right. And then by and large, I would just end up working myself out of that job. And I'm like, peace out. Dude, the employees, so I, they, the employees always end up hating you as well because like you, you, 100%. you, you mess up their thing. They're like, if, if the boss is used to them producing 10 widgets a day and you figure out how to produce 50 widgets a day, they hate you, dude. I mean, dude, they hate. We, they hate you. We have, yeah, we have a similar, similar background there. 
And, and so it's like, so to be able to do this, dude, when I started, like I got into the speaking industry in 2016 and I spent about six months in it and I hate it. I still hate it. I'm sorry to all you speakers on the speaker circuit. We see the 1% of speakers who are really good online, but the 99% of speakers that you're actually meeting and you're actually at with events, like it's this cesspool of desperation what? and unhealed trauma and judgment. Well, back, and, back, and, back up a minute, yeah. Wait, because, um, you know, I'm only familiar with the, the, the top 1%, of, of course. I, I'd imagine most of the audience are, are only familiar with that too. So can you uh, expand a little bit on those, yeah. uh, on, yeah. on those statements? Yeah, 100% and I will. And what I'm getting at is like, why is such the, the greatest job that I've ever had? Because I took me six months in that room to get into those rooms for me to realize that it's no different feeling than it was when I was an employee. Right. And so real, real quick to, to the point of, well, you don't look like the top paid speaker or how I dress for a reaction. That's because I've generated over nine figures for my clients, over a million dollars for myself. And I did it all with like this. And so the whole thing has always been like, dude, it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done or who you've been like. You can use the power of storytelling and or and influence and persuasion to create the life of your dreams using social media and a mobile phone. And I've been on a mission since 2016 to prove that, that you can create your life with social media and mobile phone. I'll show you exactly how to do it. Now, offline, Sam, you and I just got finished talking about your I am statements and how mm -hmm. one day you're just like, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to prove it along the way. Mm -hmm. Literally, if you go back to 2017, my first video yeah. I ever made before I was Marshall Live, I'm standing on a street corner. I had a social media marketing agency at the time in San Diego. I was making 17 grand a month. I hated it. I hated doing the work. I was really good at selling it. I'm sitting in the middle of this consult in 2017. I had been speaking a little bit, but I was not a speaker at all. Mm -hmm. And um, I just remember staring at this girl in her face. And I'm like, I was thinking, I do not want you to hire me. And I, I actually stopped the interview. I said, I'm sorry, I can't do this work for you. I got up, went outside. I took my phone out of my pocket. And I said, hey, this is my journey to becoming a highly paid public speaker. I might fall flat on my face. I don't think I will. But I'm making this video for the 17-year-old uh, me to take away every single excuse you could possibly fucking have to why you can't change your life. And then since 2017, I went out and literally built a seven-figure business from my phone and social media. Now, back to the speaking world. Right, right. When I – so let's just the, – my quick story, I'll be – because it's a long story, but uh, – I parents were divorced when I was two. Um, father was a severe alcoholic, beat held by mom, left. Stepdad comes into the picture. We moved to a farm when I'm five. He's the biggest toxic piece of crap in the world. He used to tell me how worthless I was every single day. As a small child, I went and excelled at everything. Straight A student, team captain, class president, homecoming king, stand out in the community. No matter what I did or how good I was, I couldn't get my dad to show up at anything, to call me for anything, to care about me at all. And my stepdad, I could not get to say he was proud of me or loved me. All he did is the more success I had, the meaner he was to me. Even to this day, the man still hates me. And so the reason I say that is because by the time I graduated high school at 18, I had this belief and I didn't know it at the time, but the belief was that no matter how much success I have, the people I want to care and love me never will. And man. so I, I dropped out of college. I had a full academic ride to go to college. Um, I was going to be a math teacher and a, a high school football coach. That's what I wanted to be. So <laughs> funny that I actually turned out to be a teacher and a coach in a different right. way. Right. So from, from, uh, from 18 to 23, I was on a path of destruction, just violence and drugs and, and crazy things. And finally, when I was 23, I attempted my life. I was in wow. San Diego, 2000 miles away from my hometown. Um, I took 53 uh, half bars of Xanax and eight ball of Coke and a fifth of vodka in like maybe 20 minutes. And the thing was, Sam, as soon as it happened, 
I ran to the bathroom. I was trying to puke because I had instant regret. I was mm-hmm. like, please, I do not want to die, but I couldn't make anything come up. So now as a parent, it kills me. But back then I called my mom and I told her, you know, this is what I've done and I'm slipping away. I'm slipping away. She's screaming on the phone, Marshall, wake up, Marshall, wake up. Luckily, she was able to get a hold of somebody that I knew in San Diego. They kicked in the door. Paramedics came, saved my life. Now, the interesting thing about this, Sam, and how it pertains to me becoming a speaker and realizing how much I really hate the speaking world and why I'm on a mission to completely change it mm-hmm. is because when I, when the, the morning I woke up in the emergency room, I was all by myself. I didn't know anybody there. And the first thing I thought, the second my eyes opened, I was like, oh my God, thank you, thank you, thank you. Immediately followed by you're even too worthless to kill yourself. And so what I did was I started to uh, uh, contract, right? I, right? I started to retract. I started to go within. I was so embarrassed and ashamed. I didn't want anybody to know. And so I didn't want to kill myself anymore, but I didn't care if I lived. I actually got this terrible tattoo. It says live fast, die fun on my chest. The, the <laughs> listeners can't see it. But um, I lived in a way where I got attention and I didn't notice at the time. I got attention and validation through being the craziest mother in the room. <clears throat> oh, Marshall yeah. will do it. Oh, Marshall's here. Oh my God, he's so fun. But right. when the drugs and the booze and the partying mm-hmm. were gone, nobody wanted to hang out. Right. And so I kept I kept all this trauma and all this pain to myself. And along the way, I met my very best friend named Dustin. And the closer we got together, I started learning about how to be vulnerable from him, which I didn't know what vulnerability meant at the time. Um, at the age of 24, he was the first man to ever say, I love you to me, which I'm from the 80s in Illinois. Like back in the day, men aren't like, yo, bro, I love you. You know, <laughs> I'm like, whoa, Dustin, like, like, uh, hold up, bro. <laughs> right. And so, um, Finally, about 2000, the end of 2013, Dustin's struggling pretty hard. He's living in Nebraska, has two little kids. He's engaged, but he is struggling with prescription abuse, uh, prescription pill abuse, drinking all the time. He, in Nebraska, in the Midwest, it's miserable in the wintertime, right? And he's just, all of his tools just got stolen and, oh, and, and he's just fucking desperate. I mean, mm-hmm. he is desperate. And so he starts calling me and he would call me every couple of weeks. And I just didn't know how to help him, Sam, because I didn't know how to help myself. And so I eventually got to the point in March of 2014 when he called me and I saw his call, but I didn't know how to help him. So I was like, I just ignored it. And I listened to the voicemail and he's like, hey, he's crying. It's Dustin. I really need to talk to you. Call me back when you get a chance. All right, late. I'm like, all right, I'll call him back tomorrow. Tomorrow turns into this weekend. The weekend turns into I'll call him back soon. A month later, I get a call from his sister at 4.30 in the morning and Dustin took his life. It was one of the most traumatic experiences I've, I've had because I felt directly responsible somehow. Like if I had just shared with Dustin what I went through and how much regret I had, would it have saved his life? I was 29 at the time. It was the first time that God, I didn't know God at the time like I do now. Mm -hmm. It's the first time that God ever made me realize that I have to tell my story, that I need to share my message. And so at the time I'm bartending downtown San Diego, I'm basically a career bartender. And I was at a point, and I'm, this is a whole other story I'm not going to get into, but I had this download where I, uh, I, I thought I got to learn how to get more value for my time. And so I started treating every single person that sat down at my bar as a consultant. And I realized that everybody that sat down at my bar could tell me something about things I didn't know or experience I needed to know. Mm-hmm. And so I just started learning, learning, and learning. And that's when I found out about entrepreneurship. And literally when I met my first mentor who sat down at the bar one day and uh, he's like, you should be a motivational speaker. And I'm like thinking, oh, dude, I do not want to fucking deal with you today. So I look at him. I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, bro. Well, what do you do? He's like, oh, I'm a motivational speaker. And I'm like, damn, OK. And so that was the first time it was real for me. So I tell mm-hmm. the audience that to, t- to let you guys know is that 
I knew in 2013 or 2014, sorry, that I wanted to be a public speaker, except I didn't do it for three years, right? Which is a whole nother story I'm not going to get into right now. Finally, three years go by. I'm working online. I'm making money on social media. I understand the power of personal branding in the mobile phone. Right. And I'm just going around and I'm just making videos, speaking, speaking, speaking. Mm-hmm. And by 2016, I'm getting invited to stages on stages to speak. By 2017, people are reaching out to me and asking me, how are you doing that, dude? Like, how are you continually booking these talks? Mm-hmm. And so I, I, that's how Top Paid Speaker was born. Now, in the beginning, I was trying to teach people how to go out and book talks because that's what I was doing. Right. But I quickly realized how full of shit most people are. Actually, you and I were talking about this before we got on that most entrepreneurs don't deserve to be in the entrepreneur space, which I would agree. <laughs> because well, most, because, well, well, when you look at the data, like 8%, seven or eight percent of the u.s population are entrepreneurs but only one percent of that seven to eight percent actually you know make anything of it so i yeah i that's a very guarded uh, opinion but there yeah. are there are quite a few entrepreneurs that that need to go and maybe be intrapreneurs first maybe hold a job that gives them a little bit of flexibility and freedom to to test their creative muscles but still has that uh, life yeah. life support behind them um, you know, you're, they need to work their way into it sometimes, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're, 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 you're way nicer than me. I always look at it like, um, there are 75, <laughs> 70 to 80 trillion cells that make up the human body. Mm-hmm. Whenever a heart cell dies, a new one regenerates as a heart cell. Like there, mm-hmm. one of the cells has to be a heart cell. Unfortunately though, for make my human body to go, sometimes I got to poop and there has to be a poop cell. Like there just has to be a life. And so not every poop cell is meant to be a heart cell. And I don't mean that to be offensive to anybody listening to this because the reality is, is that if you're listening to this, you're probably not part of the, that group anyways, That's true, yeah. because you're listening to us here and you're different. So this is not to attack anybody, but what I realized about entrepreneurship is that most of us are literally trying to outperform trauma from our past. Mm-hmm. And so that's what a lot of entrepreneurship is. And I didn't know any of that in the beginning. So I get here and I, now, Total side note, I'm a weirdo. I was a shaman in many, many lives. I've been an ancient warrior forever, which is why when I had my spiritual awakening in 2000 and whatever, like two and a half years ago, I cut off all of my hair. And in Native American culture uh, and warrior culture, really what they believe is you have a spiritual awakening, you cut off your hair, and then you don't cut it again until your father dies or, or the chief of your tribe dies until something super, super major happens. And so for me, this is a way to give back to my warrior culture and to grow my hair out in connection with what I believe is the great spirit. So that being said, I didn't know at the time that I was an energy worker and that I could read energies. Like I had no idea what that fucking meant. Like if you had told me that back then, I would have probably walked away and think thought you were the biggest weirdo. <laughs> but now let's fast forward to 2017. I'm traveling the world. I'm speaking on stages and I'm standing in these rooms of people who I've seen online, who I've followed for a long time. And it's just this big gross pool of people just trying to get money from everybody. Mm. I'm like, and I'm not going to drop any names, but did you guys know that most of your favorite legendary speakers, not new age ones, but legendary speakers, they will fucking say whatever. They'll give you a testimonial or promote your book or promote you. They have never even had to talk to you before. You give them $5,000 and legends will be like, yeah, my good buddy, Marshall Gillen here. And, and uh, best-selling book, which you can buy all your own books and make your bestseller or all these like things that I didn't know about the speaking industry and coaching industry that was so scammy and gross and icky feeling. I didn't like it, but well, I didn't understand how. Go ahead. Man, you know, I don't know how many industries you've been in, um, but every single industry, the higher you go, becomes more and more pay to play. 
and and so I, I understand. I'm not against that. I'm right, against I understand where you're going. Um, but yeah, not against that. Pe- people like I learned it in politics, dude. You can, you can buy a local politician for less than two grand. It's absolutely insane. Um, but but everywhere you go is pay to play. And and I'm not opposed to that. I mean, you can't. <laughs> I won't work with you or partner with you unless you are in my inner circle, right? So it's mm-hmm. like I get pay to play, shortcut, right. collapse in time, like I'm about it. But this was not framed like that. These are people that are are positioning themselves to look like the savior of something when in the meantime, their fucking life is falling apart. Their wife doesn't talk to them. Their kids hate them. Their health is shitty. Um, they, they couldn't save their fucking family from somebody trying to take something for like all these things that have nothing to do with money. And I'm in this room mm-hmm. and everybody's like money, money, money. And I'm the shit. I have all this shit. And I'm like, your life is shit. And it didn't resonate with me. I, I couldn't understand it. And so this is around this time I'm still laboring away in my coaching business and I'm doing everything I can to try to find stages to book every month mm-hmm. and I'm doing it. I'm speaking like eight times a month, but dude, I'm telling you, it was so much work. And then one day I, like you were just saying offline, that's how things happen to me. They just mm-hmm. click in my head all of a sudden. I yeah. go, Oh my God, like, Oh my God. And that's what happened to me when I learned when I realized the power of events of hosting my own events. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem, Sam. In 2017, I was talking about being a virtual speaker and hosting virtual events and nobody took me serious. Everybody's like, you're not a real speaker. You call yourself the top paid speaker and you've never even paid to speak. You never even showed paid up to show up to speak. I'm like, first off, you don't know how the speaking world works clearly, or you wouldn't be talking shit to me. And yes, I call myself the top paid speaker because I make more money than 99% of speakers out there. And I do it all on my own. And right. what I realize is the power of creating your own virtual events and offline events and then leveraging the two against each other with social media and the mobile phone. That looks funny for the for people who are watching this. <laughs> Not that I have an opinion on that. Teach their own. But um, and so that's what I realized. And so in 2017, I doubled, tripled down on virtual events, on virtual speaking. And the more that I did that, one is the more money I started to make. Mm-hmm. And I could do it from my phone from anywhere in the world. But still, it was not, it was kind of wasn't taken that serious. Now, 2020 was an awful year for most of the world. And I'm not here to make light of it or discount what anybody went through. However, the good thing that came out of 2020 for Marshall Gillen was one, as a reset for my life, but two, it gave credibility, finally validated mm-hmm. that you can be an online speaker. Yeah, that online world just opened right up. Bro, like- bro right up. And I've been trying <laughs> to tell people for years, I'm like, this is what I've been speaking about. And so as it pertains to, you know, and I'm not, I don't take this offensive. I'm just kind of making this full circle to, to not looking like the top paid speaker. That is part of my brand, right? Last month, I've been doing this for eight years. Last month, I had my first $100,000 month. I've never done that before. $100,000 event. Congratulations, and man. I, thank you, That's man. A big deal. And, and th- this month, we'll do it again and, and, and again. And it's just a, such, such a simple, easy process. And what I've realized is that I don't, and I don't play well with others, Sam. Like I like to be in control. I, other people slow me down. I don't, I just, and I don't mean to be like that. And I love people, but a lot of times, like, especially nowadays, like you're not going to see me going to other people's events and speaking at them. Like, unless right. it's a massive stage and opportunity, like I just, I don't care about that anymore because what I want to do is I want to keep people from killing themselves. That's number one. Me and Dustin are on a mission to save lives, the power of vulnerability and storytelling. Top paid speaker is what came out of that. Mm-hmm. One of my billionaire mentors, Naveen Jain, said, well, Marshall, whatever problem you wanna solve in the world, just make a business out of the solution. And so in 2016, when he told me that, I'm thinking, well, I want people to stop killing themselves, but that's not the problem, that's the result. Mm-hmm. What's the problem leading up to it? And I realized the problem is that not enough people in this world are leading with vulnerability and empathy. They're not leading through their stories. 
they're like I was when I wanted, didn't want anybody to know that I tried to hurt myself. So I kept it all to myself. Right, right. And and the, it was like prior to prior to small business surgeon, you know, I've I've done things in the past that I'm not terribly proud of, but they're all out in the open now. But when it's when it's happening, you you'll tell any story you can to avoid the truth. And yet 100%. what you fail to realize is is every single person has been through stuff like 100%. how many people have been alcoholics how many people have had drug issues or you know how many on on the more uh, <clears throat> the more life life uh, real life side of things how many people have had a, a, a miscarriage and never talked about mm. it you know how 100%. many how many people keep that secret and by allowing it to eat at us and keeping it secret we we never get to the root of the issue and so 100% man and it's a, it's like a nation of people walking around like that oh and that a and world of people because of 100%. judgment, it's the judgment they're scared of. They're scared of what everybody else is going to think. Whereas, one hundred percent, in reality, they're not really thinking about you anyway. <laughs> no, they're thinking yeah. about themselves. Mm -hmm. You know that—that that was the biggest thing because I—it's literally like the end of Eight Mile, and I didn't realize this at the time with the movie with Eminem in it. Right? Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that. I, I realize now, Sam. At the time of saying that, like I'm getting a little bit older, and that movie was probably almost like twenty years ago now. So yeah. some people may know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But, um, in the end of Eight Mile, you know Eminem's character—he's getting ready to do the battle, and he learn—he turns to the the nemesis of the movie, and he's like. Yeah, you can call me out on this, and you can call me out on that, and yeah, you did this, mm -hmm. and he did that, and you guys did this to my girl. But guess what? I'm still standing here screaming after you, bro. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about that, what happened to me is right around 2016, 2017, my friends saw me making this transition online, and what they did is they started a group chat behind a text message chat behind my back, mm -hmm. and they would screenshot my videos, they would screenshot my content, and then they put it in the group, and they'd all laugh at me and talk crap about me, and it hurt so bad. And, and I didn't know the trauma at the time, right? But it hurt so bad that I think that one day, I remember I just went live. Um, I didn't make a live at the time. It wasn't Marshall Live yet. I made a video and I uploaded it and I just shared what was going on in my life. I was like, this is what's happening. You know what? Those guys, like, I'm not stopping. And I got a great response. And all of a sudden I was like, hmm. Uh, so the next time I'm like, well, this is what else I'm dealing with. And mm -hmm. guess what? That ain't going to stop me either. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I started to realize that like Eminem in that movie, 8 Mile, the more that I was just real about what I was going through, and I was still like, you know, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I'm going to win anyways. Watch me. I'm going to document <laughs> it. And that's all I did. Well, and like literally now, that's what I do for a living is I just help people make businesses online from speaking. Now, it's crazy. I believe the, the very last words of that battle rap were, tell these motherfuckers something they don't know about me. Yeah. And th then he dropped yeah. his microphone. So I have seen, I, I am the same age group as you, and that, that movie yeah. had a, it had a, a, a effect on me too. Now, um, what I, uh, oh man, totally lost my train of thought now. Because I, I, that... <laughs> I, well, I was, I was reliving the end of Eight Mile and what a wonderful movie it was. And uh... it was a great movie. I should watch it. I haven't watched it in like in oh, many, many years. I, I remember my train of thought now. So, um, you know, a couple of years back, uh, I was struggling to stay awake in the afternoons. And mm. um, to cut a very long story short, it was um, a, a group. I, I was in an Apex group, and and one person said, "Go and get your testosterone checked," and another person said, "Oh yeah, do that." And, Three or four people in a room stood up and said, dude, it happened to me. Go get it checked. Sure enough, got it checked. Um, there was a lot of damage from being an obese alcoholic back in the day that my body hadn't had the ability to recover from. And today, 
I went and got blood work done. I got my blood drawn. And then tomorrow, go. Going, well, that's the thing you see. Most people would be ashamed to say, well, yeah, my, my testosterone was, was like 118. And I had to go get some injections to get it back up. Most people would be ashamed to share that. But when all those other men in that room came to me and said, hey, this happened to me too. Go get your shit checked. Then now it's my job. And I haven't done my live video today because, um, well, like I was talking about earlier, the schedule. Um, but part of my job now is to talk about that so that guys that are younger than me and fallen asleep and embarrassed to talk to anybody about it and don't know what's going on and why their energy levels are so low know that mm. it's just a normal part of aging and you need to go to the doctor and you need to get that things checked out you know and so me talking about that openly and being authentic about it it's not about my story it's about the guys listening and one or two guys relate to it and they go, oh shit, maybe I should go get that checked and let me know that, that that's okay, you know? 100%. Dude, I love that. And uh, if anybody ever sees me talk on stage, one of the first things I always say, and I say it every time I talk before I get into my story, is I go, this is my story, but it's not a story about me. This is a story about you. And while during this talk, I want you to find the similarities in your life and what they represent to you. Because that's all it is. Like, Number one rule of a great story is it's relatable. That's it. Right. Like number one rule of storytelling is that it's got to be relatable. The reason it needs to be relatable is because as storytellers, what we're trying to do is we're trying to get our audience to make an emotional investment mm -hmm. into what it is that we're saying so they know, like, and trust us enough to be able to shift a paradigm inside of them to help them create a breakthrough that they haven't been able to create yet. And a lot of speakers miss that, you know, and not just speakers in general, but people, entrepreneurs. And I try to tell people, man, like the number one thing about creating content or telling stories that people miss is most people tell stories like this, me, 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 me. Mm -hmm. However, what the real story needs to be is me, 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 you, you, you. And the part that people forget is the you, you, you part. So if you read any of my content ever, if you listen to any of my videos, it's always me, me, me. But here's what I want you to understand in this video. Here's what I want you to understand in this post. And then boom, throwing it back to them. Mm -hmm. And I think that what you're saying, so like you said, dude, I always tell people in my coaching business, I'm like, in a world where people are sitting down timid and afraid and scared of what to do next, they're all looking around the room like, who's going to go first? Dude, they follow, just be, they follow the guy that stands up. Everybody. Just be the motherfucker that stands up and goes, you know what? Fuck it. I'll go first. Like, hey, what's up? My name is Marshall Gillen and I battle coke or I battle drugs or I battle unworthiness or I'm a hoarder or I'm whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's literally what you just said. It's like people don't understand the power in being vulnerable because 90% of the people out there are going through the same shit that you're going through. It's that nobody's talking about it. And if you want people to follow you, just lead by example, be the one that goes first and watch how it changes your life. I, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And, and you know, that's a part of what I'm doing right now. Now, uh, when this episode airs, I'm sure I'll still be uh, in the middle of it. We've, we record uh, several weeks out, but, um, awesome. you know, just, well, the other, the other day, um, so I see patterns in my clients, and mm. when I, when I'm coaching people, they they generally come to me when it's um, when things are bad. They they don't come to me when things are great. And go, I've got this great business, help me make it greater. No, they come to me and say, "Help, I'm drowning, and I'm I'm already underwater. What can we do?" And one of the things I found was, you know, I'll, I'll give them the the basics. I'll give them the time study. I'll give them the core values. I'll I'll, I'll give them a, a whole basic list of just just stuff to be working on, stuff to get set up. 
and instructional videos and everything and they'll work super hard for a week maybe a week and a half maybe two weeks and then the excuses start to just come in oh well this happened or well, that happened or the kids or i had to do this or my dog was sick or i was in the emergency room or or, or whatever and the excuses for not doing the work show up mm. and so what i what i came up with was look let me show these guys how it works and how different their life could be if they'd stick to something for 90 mm. days. But I couldn't tell them to stick to it for 90 days, dude. I have to show them like one day at a time, this is what you do. And it's it, it works with alcoholics, one day at a time, this is what you do. I'm not gonna drink today. I'm gonna write down my wins. I'm gonna write down where I slipped up. You know, it works with diet, exercise, it works with business, it works with education and goals and anything is, but people have to believe they can do it. And exactly. by the time my clients come to me, a lot of them have lost the belief. I'm the fucking Hail Mary. I'm the help us out, Sam, help us, we're, we're drowning. And I figured that, man, it's standing up and leading by example and showing them mm. the way and they'll follow. So that's that's what we got going on. 100%. Yeah, and that's kind of like uh, how we met, you know, like in the end of 2019, I lost everything. Um, I lost a million dollar business. I lost a multi-billion dollar network. Most of my friends, my high rise con, I mean, everything, everything. Why? Everything. Um, I had a, a unresolved trauma that I didn't understand. I finally made all the money. I was on all the stages. My speaking career was about to blow up. And I walked in my high rise apartment on 21st floor, floor to ceiling windows, overlooking Pacific Ocean, downtown San Diego, everything I wanted. I just had a 200 person event. Like I literally walk up, it's 10 o'clock. I look at this gorgeous scenery and I realize that I realize that I'm more unhappy than I've ever been in my entire life. Even more unhappy than the year I tried to kill myself and the year I lost Dustin. Now, how could that be? Yeah, dude, what made you so unhappy? Dude, I didn't, I, I didn't feel worthy of what I was doing. I didn't feel like I belonged. Ooh. I felt like an imposter. Mm -hmm. And the more rooms I was in, I'm like, this is what I've been waiting for. This is the room I've been waiting All of you are unhappy. Most mm -hmm. of you are addicted and distracted. Everything, you're top people in the world. And it, it, dude, it threw me for a loop. And, and I went online, started talking about these things and all of my friends and networking clients and people I'd paid thousands and thousands mm -hmm. of dollars to be my mentors, they all turned their back on me. And everybody left me. Marshall's crazy. He's gone off the deep end. And so for three years, I, I, I left San Diego. I moved here to Montana in a cabin in the, in the mountains in the middle of nowhere to oh. never be seen from or heard again. I never wanted to be seen or heard again. Now, I'll save the story, but uh, last year in May, I was uh, on the, driving my son to school, and uh, we were talking about something we had been talking about. And he looked at me. He said, I just want to grow up, and I want to give away a bunch of money to people for free who can't help themselves. Mm -hmm. Now, if you pause real quick, my mentor, my original mentor, Cole Hatter, he has a, a message that it's trademarked, obviously, or, uh, uh, it's not obviously, it's trademarked, but well, it's called Make Money Matter. And so what Cole taught me to believe, taught me is how to make my money matter. So what he says is that if we need a million dollars to live our dream life, as entrepreneurs, we're superheroes at making money, so mm -hmm. if I need a million dollars to live my dream life, how can I go out and make $2 million, give a million away to something I believe in, keep a million for myself and still live my dream life? Mm -hmm. Now, with that being said, when Joshua said that to me last May, this is a one year ago from this recording this podcast, mm -hmm. I was a broke-ass bartender. Literally went from being a millionaire to hoping to be able to make $100 a shift at wow. a bar in Montana. Like my life was, but I was happier than I've ever been. God brought me these stepchildren. He brought me a relationship. I'm a father. It's the greatest gift even right now, like ever. I'm, nothing's more important than my family. 
And it makes sense to why I had to build my business the way I did. Cause now I don't ever miss anything. And I take them everywhere with us. Like we right. went to the Airbnb, they're coming to Dallas with us, all the things. So Joshua last year is in, is telling me this. I look at him and he says it to me. I'm like, shit, me too, dude. I'm like, that's all I've ever wanted. And that's when I restarted top paid speakers a week later. Mm-hmm. So as to what you're saying about proving it, it's interesting because I didn't do anything for the first couple of months. I hosted an event uh, in August of 2022. I only had seven people show up. I closed pretty much the whole room. We made $60,000 that weekend. And I was like, damn, this is like riding a bike. I know I'm so good at this. I'm like, why, why did I turn away from this? And so what I did is I complete, I started a brand new social media profile. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to show everybody. It doesn't matter if you're in the middle of Montana, you have 33 cents in your pocket, which I did when I went the, the first event I hosted lat that one I just talked about the first boot camp back in three years, I spent my last $2,000 to rent the Airbnb, get the food, all the things I Sam, I shit you not. I stood in front of that room that morning, 33 cents in my pocket with the goal and audacity to tell these people how to make six figures in 90 days. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about feeling out of alignment, Yeah, but I, I, believe, but I believed, I believed. And so I literally brick by brick, I'm like, okay, I'm going to show you guys exactly how to do this bet. And over the last, and we doubled income month after month, after month, after month, we getting our clients results, booking stages, making money, changing their lives. That finally, when I joined Apex, the coaching group, one of the coaching mm-hmm. groups that we're both part of, um, in January, I was like, all right, everybody watch this. I'm going to show you. And everybody's, not everybody, that's not fair at all. Um, to anybody that is listening to this that does know me, if you have been a supporter for a long time, first off, thank you. It means the world to me. I truly, truly mean that. But a lot of people, Sam, are like, who's this dude? Oh, top paid speaker. He doesn't even speak on stages. And I'm like, all right, watch. And then finally, five months in, month after month, month, here's our hundred, here's our first hundred thousand dollar month. Next, next month will be 150, no problem, because of the process we have. And now my clients are starting to implement that same thing and get the same results. Mm-hmm. And so just like you, it's like if people don't understand the power in people, I, I think that people underestimate the power in what you call your I am statements, which mm-hmm. I have all over my thing. I'm like, I just write down what I'm gonna do. I believe that I'm gonna do it. And I go out and I find the resources in the world to help me bring it. And well, it's literally that simple. I think the critical thing for, for those is that it focuses you on the stuff that's on the page. And if it's not on the page, you don't do it. And if you're out of alignment with what's on the page, but you read it every day, it creates this tension in your life. Like one of my one of my lines in my my I am statement is, you know, I'm in the the, the best physical shape of my life with a low body mm. fat, a low body fat percentage and a body other men respect. So I'm not trying to be a bodybuilder, but I'm trying to be fit and in shape. Well, if I sleep in and I don't go work out and I don't get my workouts done, then that's that that's out of alignment and it creates this mm. tension. And every time I read, I'm in the best physical shape of my life. Well, am I? Actually, I'm pretty damn close right now. So, but th- that's, that's 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 what it takes. That's what yeah. it takes. Is is you know, I, I I've got one line that says I I'm fucking amazing with money, like so, and and it goes on, you know, about investing and everything else. Well, if I'm not, and if I get a paycheck and I go, oh, I'm going to blow this on that. Well, whoa, 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 that's out of alignment <laughs> with I'm fucking right. incredible with money. And so, what the I am statement does is it forces me to be honest. And if it's not on the paper, it doesn't get doesn't get looked at so there's no distractions and so it moves you forward far far quicker mm. than just you, most people wander through life dude most people dude. just just wander around like. 100%. Because, because people are scared because people are scared to claim what they actually want right mm-hmm. it's like we can go out on the sidewalk and even the entrepreneurs but i can go outside and ask the next 10 people that walk by what they what they want out of life and they won't they won't be able to tell me 
But if I ask them what they don't want, they're gonna be like, well, I'm tired of my boss. And they yeah, yeah, rattle yeah, off this yeah. list that's so long. And I'm like, well, dude, if you don't even know where you want to go, how do you ever expect to get there? Right. Mm-hmm. And so people don't even dare to dream. And the biggest thing that changed my life was that one is when I finally started after the, the meltdown, I took a look at my metaphorical house and I, I was like, I've got all this shit in here. I don't even want, I've, Mm-hmm. Look at all the shit over that wall. Mm-hmm. Look at all the shit over there. And it's when I started to take everything out of my metaphorical house. It was like a minimalist house. And I'm like, there's only like five or six things I actually really want out of life. Like, that's it. Right. And I'm like, why am I doing every single thing other than these five things exclusively? Mm-hmm. And the second Sam that I changed that into, uh, in 2022, and I was honest with myself. And I let go of all the expectations that I put on myself because I thought everybody else wanted me to have that or that's what I should have. When I gave all of that up, everything changed. And now month after month, it's just God bringing me more people to help, you know, more experiences to, to experience. And, and obviously the money is great, but again, it's so cliche, especially when you're fighting for it. But the money is a byproduct of the energy and the frequency that you're putting out into the universe. Dude, and if, so if when more you, people yeah. would understand that. Oh my God, please carry on. But yes, no, it's, no, it's, that's it, it's the process. You, it's doing the yeah. process. It's putting that out there. It's not, it's not getting the money. The, the, the money's the byproduct. The, the impact is, is what you're trying to achieve. Like if, yeah. if you do the right things, the money will come regardless. Oh, dude. And it's like, and now, and I'm in a place now with my clients that I've never been because one is I used to undercharge so severely looking back on what I had, but I didn't feel qualified to lead those people. And so I was always feeling so desperate. Oh, I have to get them results. This time around as, a top, as the top eight speaker, I'm charging five times what I used to charge. And I, I have nothing else to do besides help my clients. And if I can't explain this, the mental shift, but it's just like, I want them to win so bad that I don't think about like growing my business or promoting my business mm-hmm. or none of that. Like, I'm just like, oh dude, Tristan, you're doing a camp for teens. I'm going to help you feel, feel that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, this teacher for 27 years walked out on her job and she wants to be speaking across the country. Cool, Christina, I'm going to help you do that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the more results I continue to get them, which again, I have nine figures in results that we created in the past. And more than the money we've ever created is the impact I'm creating in these people's lives now. And I think, Sam, it's because I understand it at a more intimate level as a father, as a partner. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's actually funny for me to think back in the beginning now, a single man, like a single... I'm half Mexican, but let's say say single white man um, in America. Like I used to look at dads or you know parents who'd be in my programs. I'm like, what do you mean you couldn't, you didn't have the time to do blah blah blah? Like I'd be like, just do it. Like what do you mean, just oh, do it? And I, I had no, I had no conception, none. I was so arrogant and stupid and naive. I didn't understand. But now as a father, who's got who? That's the number one priority, mm-hmm. more than anything, right? Now I'm like, I'm starting to understand this, this game of life and I've been bruised and knocked down and broken. And then you just get to a point where you, you're so exhausted and so fed up that you just are finally ready to let go of all the bullshit or maybe not. But when you get to that moment, if you're, you let go and you go find the mentors, the resources, the things that can help you take mm-hmm. you to that next level, it's as easy as what you've been saying this entire time. See, I'm just showing up and doing the work consistently. It, yes. And <laughs> No, but, and, um, it's very scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was explaining to Nina the other day where I'm at now, like I am obsessed with, with getting to $250,000 a month. 
Uh, Let's that, go. Well, well and, and the reason behind it is, you know, my my uh, my supplement business, um, my my best year out there was uh, was was bringing in three point two million dollars. That was my best, and I'm like, I know I can do that on the, I, I can do that on the fucking internet, right? I can do it all day long, and yet that's sick. I didn't, right? So I'm obsessively focused on that, and any opportunity that's not moving me towards that, um, I don't focus on. But therein was the problem, because. I was making about that, give or take, a year, uh, the, the 250. And I have, I, I, I crossed 250 in, after my business collapse. So the first year was 2019. I crossed back over 250. And that's a year. And I'm like, you know what? That's good. Hell yeah. But you know how scary it is to let go of that and then go all in on small business surgeon and go from from a relatively guaranteed two fifty ish because selling real estate in this market with you know I've, I've been doing it I got the penetration I got the the the, the audience now selling it, it was relatively straightforward but um I've, it's not the first time I've said this the the thing I seriously disliked the most about selling real estate was the clientele and mm. the the um the ignorance of the clientele and and i don't mean that in any derogatory way whatsoever i mean the inexperience right on the transactional side of things and i got tired of teaching the same lesson over and over and then you know people think they know better and i'm like look i've done this hundreds of times just just trust the process and so i got, I got tired of that and then you know the the media team and i started to focus on media and i was looking at it i'm like there isn't any way for me to scale this to a quarter million dollars a month in my pocket. There's just no way. It's just not feasible because of the market we were in and the product we were selling. And so I I folded that. I I was just I was I was shocked, amazed, like why in the world would you shut down a, a, a company that was profitable? Why would you shut down a real estate agency that was profitable? And it's because I know where I'm going. And you've got to let go of good to get to great. And that's right. very scary. I mean, it was scary for me, but it's very scary yeah. for everybody. Um, what are some things that you would instill in your clients to let them know that it's okay to go from the security of a $50,000 a year job, like your teacher there, maybe, maybe I'm close a little bit off on the salary, I don't know, but to go from the security of that job, how do you help them to get the confidence to, to obviously take that leap? Because um, I haven't had a job in so long. Uh, I, yeah. can't, I can't even remember what it what it's like. Um, but for yeah. me, to, to shut down income producing companies to go and chase this was, was a very, very difficult decision. And so yeah. how do you approach that with your clients? Yeah, that's a really good question. So first off, at this point in my life, I'm very particular with who I work with, right? And so even now, so the last few months, and so if I had to, if I personally had to convince somebody, it wouldn't be for me, right? And I know that that sounds <laughs> yeah. pretty cliche, but the thing it is, is like, I, I won't work with those people anymore. I make so much free content. I have a weekly free call inside of my group. Like mm -hmm. there is every opportunity that you can possibly have to show up on my time and learn what you need to learn or to have the confidence that you want. Now, regardless if they're qualified or not, that's not true. For the ones that are qualified according to me and my program, the, before we even, before I even take their money, I, if, I usually only work with married people now, but even if they're in a, in a partnership, I have to talk to both people on the phone in a phone call and in an interview like this. I just got to get to know them because what I'm creating is a family. We call it family, friends who become family. And so for me, it's not just a client. My inner circle is a $50,000 price tag right now. And so it's like to get into that inner circle, I need to know that one is you're the type of person that's going to show up and do the work. And two, 
that you want a family, that you want to be part of this family. And if you don't, dude, no hard feelings, like go do your thing. Now, that being said, after the initial call, when we decide, okay, the what talk to the wife, talk to the husband, you guys are aware of what this is going to take. The first conversation we have, Sam, is that I tell them that becoming a professional speaker is going to require a paradigm shift. Mm -hmm. Who you are right now today is not who's going to be able to do the work that I'm telling you to do. And I need you to understand that every single thing about what we're about to do in the next 90 days is going to challenge the fabric of who you are. It's a very clear understanding before we even begin, because I need them to know that what I'm going to be asking you to do is going to be the most scary, like a vulnerable thing that you've ever done. Mm -hmm. I'm going to teach you how to use your story and I'm going to teach you how to use NLP and sales psychology and mesh them together to get people to persuade people into action. And so when you start to bear your soul and you start to do the things and not everybody, I'm not talking about like these crazy traumatic stories. I'm just talking about in general, mm -hmm. like, you know, talking about these things that we just spent the last couple uh, last 30, 40 minutes talking about. I have to get them to understand, like, this is going to require you to be somebody different. And one, if they don't, if the couples can't meet and agree that this is the best decision for both of them, and then they can't decide, they can't agree that, yes, they can become the person I'm asking to be that we don't work together. And so it, it took me a dude, it's taken me eight years of doing this work to be that person. So I, I don't want any business owners to think that I'm just dismissing how they feel. But the reality of it is, is that I worked in desperation so much because I didn't believe in myself mm -hmm. that I was willing. And every coach fucking knows this. Every consultant, you're lying if you don't. That I took on a mostly clients that weren't ideal clients just so I could get money in the bank to survive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've all been there. And, you know, me as recently as a few weeks ago, um, and, and a decent sized contract, it was, uh, you know, it was well into the 40,000s. And I, I ended up saying no, because we were just so far out of alignment with, with what I'm wanting to do. And it had nothing to do with the client. It was just, you and know, how like, empowering is that? Very. How and how that scary is it though? Like, because, you know, that, that, that feeds me and pays my bills and, and all that other yep. stuff for, for quite a while. There's 40 grand and it, it goes towards a lot of the things I'm saving up to do. But at the end of the day, I would have been miserable and they would have been miserable and it would have been a failure. And, you know, I'd rather forgo that money and spend that time looking for the right client where I know that they're going to be successful because when I make my clients successful, it therefore makes my business successful. I get more referrals and more clients. Amen. So. Now, the last thing I will say, Sam, that gives me a little bit of a benefit of closing my clients compared to a lot of people is one is I don't take sales calls ever anymore. Like I don't do sales calls, right? Mm -hmm. I haven't done sales calls forever. I hate sales calls. I hate them. Um, I don't want to do them. I tell my clients not to do them. Instead, I host events. Right. And so the reason that I'm able to get there, like, I don't ever have to deal with any of that stuff because people know by the end of my event, I they're either qualified or they're not. And right, I do right. that through, through NLP and sales psychology. Mm -hmm. I know framing. I know how to do these events. And so I don't ever have to deal with it. Like, I don't ever have to deal with convincing somebody because by the end, they know, like I said, they qualify or disqualify themselves, which is why I love speaking and I love events so much. Yes, I'm a speaker, but really I'm a coach and I use speaking to sell my services and impact the world of people who can't change or who can't afford me. Mm -hmm. And that's how I train my speakers, you know? And so all these, all these people are going through top eight speaker program, same thing for them. It's like create the workshop, host the event, do the high ticket sale right there at the end of the event. Um, and you never have to get on a sales call to do it. And so I've so far removed from having to deal with that. It, God, I, it feels so good. At, and it's only been the last like seven months in eight years. So it's right, not like right. this thing I've been doing. I had to get to a point the biggest change for me 
this time around was joining Apex. And I'm not suggesting everybody that joins Apex. This is not a, a call to Apex. Um, I don't, I'm not affiliated in any way. I don't get a kickback. Like it, trust me, that that group of people will not be for some people, okay? But it was for me. And so to the people listening to this right now, if you are at a point where you've either lost everything or enough is enough, I can't, and Sam, you will agree, I can't preach enough. I can't overstate the fact that you've got to go out and find yourself a network of people mm-hmm. who are rooting for you to win and who are all who have already gone where it is that you want to go. Because that was the biggest game changer this time around, Sam, is I joined this group of Apex and I was watch, I'm watching other gangsters like you inside this, inside this group, right? And they're doing these things. And I'm going, shit, I can do these things too. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in my life, I know how to do them and I actually believe I can do them. And I go do it and I'm getting the best results I've ever gotten in my entire life. And it solely comes from one, my skill set, and then two, being in the right network of people. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I love being in that network. Obviously, it's uh, that's where we birthed the, the entire small business surgeon concept. Uh, yeah. I've, I've done over, over 20 live events. And yet I never approached them with a mindset of, I'm going to use this to sell. I just put them on so I'd be the guy hosting the party so I could um, underwrite my, uh, I guess, uh, I've lost the word, so just to validate myself in the community and in the business community. Yeah. And yeah. um, I'd, I'd actually be quite interested in uh, in firing those back up and actually trying to sell some stuff from the stage. Because I think, uh, again, once you understand it and you, you kind of, once you sit in the audiences, you know, two, three years and you, you really, you've, you've heard every speaker come through and you're like, oh man, I can do this. This is something that, that, that I can do. And then, you know, you, you get over speaking on stage that first time and man, I don't know about you, but I recorded mine and, and, and watched the videos back and I should sure say right a lot, <laughs> right? You know, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I should I say, say um, a lot. I, I say like and um and all the things you're not supposed to say uh, <laughs> all the time when I'm speaking, like all the time, you know? And I just try to remember people that, again, when you're authentic and real, but most mm-hmm. importantly, transparent, when you're transparent. So one of the things, I'll give you guys a little tip. Um, Sam, you probably already know this, but to anybody listening, one of the biggest things that I do throughout my talks and throughout whatever long days it are, um, is I disqualify myself to qualify myself. So I'm constantly reminding my audience that I'm all things I'm not good at. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, remember, then I promise you guys, I'd always be honest with you. Okay, let me tell you this. And I just reveal everything to them. Like, I'll tell them whatever. Like, I'm just trying to look for something to grab. Like this, this is like my offer board, right? I, I use this for my offer board when I go to make my offer. And then I'll point out how, how it's pixelated or how it looks or how it's cheap. And I'll be like, can I just be honest with you guys? I just made this for $40 at Office Max before I came here. Like, it's not even that nice, but does this look official? Okay, yeah, it does. And so things like that, or I'll be like, hey, I can't fix your house. I don't have to fix your car. And you know what? I can't bake you a cake. I suck at pretty much everything in this entire life. But you know, the two things I'm really good at is getting people paid to speak and being a dad. So is it okay if I only give you advice on things that I've had success on and nothing that I've just heard about? And people are like, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> and so when you understand how to get a group oh, of people man. together yeah. and lead with authenticity and disqualify yourself to qualify yourself, people only want connection, Sam. And mm-hmm. this, like nowadays people want connection and they want the results. You mentioned this, I can't remember if it was offline or online. And that's the biggest game changer for my brand is that I realize, realize that if I could get my my clients results in one day, in one day, same day, that it would differentiate me between everybody else and I would sell a lot more people. And so that's what we created. We created this one, this one, like one day, we do a workshop and one day I build out your entire thing, one fucking day and you leave with the machine. And that has been the biggest game changer. And the reason that I say that 
is because I'm able to sell these high ticket offers in one to three days to super small groups. Mm -hmm. That's one of the that, that's people love to, that that are haters of mine. They love to attack me and they'll be like, "Oh, all with all twelve people in your thing," and I'm like, "You're so dumb." Small 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 events, big profits, and so. Even even Ryan Stuman, this is the last MDM they're ever doing because he sees it as such a pointless thing to do when he can just have small mm -hmm. uh, monthly monthly things. Mm -hmm. And so what most business owners are missing is that most people want the results right now and they just want connectivity. That's it. And if you can figure out how to connect people and create community while giving them results faster than anybody else, events, then you're going to make a lot of money and help a lot of people. And so all I do is I spend the entire month making content. And then once a month, I get them all into a group and I just tell them a story and I share it with them for three days and I help them build their business. And then I make them an offer to take the next step. And if they want to do the same thing that we've created and that we've created for our clients, they do that. Mm -hmm. But again, anybody could do that, right? Like if I was Sam, I'd be hosting like some sort of a weekly free training inside my Facebook group. And then once a month, I'd give a call to action to do a digital workshop. And at that workshop, I would just tell them what you, what you just said you did. I would just tell them how to build their business. And I'd be, hey, if you guys want my help implementing this over the next 90 days, let's make it work. And then people buy, right? And Absolutely. So I, like, and, and I already have the Facebook but, group. Uh, it's called the Small Business Surgeon Clinic. You can go to followsam.live and click on the link and join the group. And um, right ooh. now, there are no events in the group, but there is a training posted. Every time I record a new training video for, for my Heck clients yeah. on my back end, I put it up in there. And it's just at followsam.live. So, uh, yes, the... Uh, the, the the timing like you know you you've been on my list of, of people to interview now uh, for those that follow along with the group you've seen the top 25 top 30 list uh, of targets and, and you were on that this interview uh, actually comes from me saying what can I do in the next 90 days and reached out to all my targets and you'd yeah. be shocked off of that post I booked like nine fucking interviews and there's only 30 100%. there was only 30 of them on the list I booked nine of them so um, you know it does work but the, the very next step once that group is uh, is a little bit more established is then to to start taking the results of me focusing for 90 days and turning that into the program it's it's inviting yep. people in and having that workshop and because if you don't know where you're going for 90 days then you'll be in the same place on day 90 yeah. as you were on day one and 100 we just got to set you out with a plan on a map and let's fucking yeah. go <laughs> i don't i don't know why so many people overlook that like how many people use uber every single day in a big city. And I'm like, dude, if you called the Uber up and you got in the car and you're like, yo, it's my birthday, I wanna go dancing downtown and then the Uber took off, they would literally drive around and around and around mm -hmm. until you were so frustrated, you'd be like, pull over, you don't know where you're going. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're at the same place and I called the Uber and I say, it's my birthday, I wanna go downtown dancing, except take me to a one, two, three dance hall. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if there's a detour, an accident, it mm -hmm. doesn't matter where, they're gonna get you to the destination get where you're going. because yeah. they know where you're going. And until mm -hmm. you plug that into your GPS as an entrepreneur, as a man, a woman, a parent, whatever it is you're trying to do, until you give the place the coordinates where you wanna go, it ain't gonna happen. And what I would suggest you do is that you reach out to Sam and you have him <laughs> teach you how to do your IM statements or how to write your letter because this dude is literally, no pun intended, but kind of, is a fucking surgeon at helping people <laughs> cultivate what they want into the things natural reality. Right there on my desk. There I've you got, go. I've got the, the same one in the car too. There's there's probably 12 of them that have worn out just from being in my pocket. You know, they, they wear 100%. through and then I keep them. I put them in my drawer. So when I get on stage and talk and when I've hit that $250,000 a month mark and all this stuff is complete. What I'll do is I'll show just how many times I wrote this fucking thing out. 
I can't like, wait. You know, there's 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 multiples of it. Um, I can't wait, <laughs> man. I hate to wrap this interview up. We're, we're it's pa- all right. We're past time, and you've got. I'm actually. Uh, I have a. I have a two o'clock appointment that I'm late for now, but uh, I'm quite okay with that. You know, we're, we'll be all right. And uh, Brian, if you're listening to this, I apologize for being late. I'll be right there with you, pal. <laughs> Appreciate it, Brian. Um, Marshall, uh, I have not asked you but one fucking question this whole entire show. So I'm going to ask you one more that we ask all our guests. Um, okay. Number one, guys, if you've enjoyed this show, please do us a favor and leave a five-star review. However, if you've enjoyed what Marshall has to say, most importantly, please go follow his stuff. Marshall, where can the guys find you on the internet? Honestly, just type in my name, Marshall Gillen, into your favorite social media platform. I'm a regular-ass dude. Just send me a message. Be like, I heard John Sam's podcast and we'll be pals. Like, yeah. I just want more friends, so hit me up. <laughs> he's he's the one with the the, the, the haircut that looks like an Indian, the, uh, Indian the brave. The man bun. <laughs> I don't know about that, but it's a man bun. I look like every douche fuck boy that you probably hate, but ah, I promise uh, I'm actually pretty cool. Brother, it's been a blast catching up, man. I will Dude, for uh, sure. hey, stick around for a second. I got a little bit of housekeeping to do, but guys, if you've cool. enjoyed the show, please do me a favor. Uh, follow Marshall's uh, stuff. We will put his socials and his links into the show notes. Um, Marshall, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today, mate. I, uh, I wish you all mine. the best. All right, we'll see you soon, Thank buddy. you so much. Guys, that's it for today. Run, show Marshall some love. Leave us a review, and as always, be good, stay safe, and I will be back later this week with Friday Fire. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week.